What is up, Irish fans? Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Irish Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Greg Schaefer, your lead host, bringing you into a special Wednesday edition Locked On Irish Podcast Hump Day. We've almost made it. This is a tough week, man. Always a tough week. It's right after Thanksgiving. You know, you're wanting to get into the holiday spirit, and you're you, you kind of lazed it up last week, and then you got to actually turn it back on. You got to switch gears a little bit before you, you know we get into the actual you know the big holidays coming up or, or bigger holidays, if you will, with the Christmas and uh, with uh, New Year's. It's kind it's really hard to turn it on to go back to work for these next three weeks, and nobody else is in the mood to be there either. So you're just kind of like kind of droning through your day. But remember, locked on podcast is always here for you daily so uh we're not going to let that uh lack of enthusiasm from your real job take away from anything we're going to keep this thing plugging along here so make sure you're following us on twitter for all the latest tell your friends notre dame locked on podcast it is here here to stay your team daily as the locked on podcast network likes to say or your team every day as i've heard it before so uh yeah make sure you're following us out there locked on irish on twitter um, as I said, Greg Schaefer here. My co-host Mark is out today. I'm gonna fly this one solo. Try not to fly it all the way into the ground. But uh, uh, playoff rankings came out yesterday. Really not even gonna get to those. Uh, we'll get to that tomorrow. Uh, the Irish have a big one tonight in basketball. As you guys know, I'm your guy for hardwood action. Uh, 7:30 ESPN Big Ten ACC Challenge. Uh, we've done pretty well in these in the past, but um, I'm not liking our chances tonight. Um, so we'll talk about that, and uh, in our second segment, we'll break into a little basketball, uh, kind of help uh, break the ice a little bit on the basketball. As uh, we'll talk about, finally talk about that Fairleigh Dickinson game where uh, we did actually did hit it last week uh, during our Black Friday episode, which is remains in the dark because we can't find it, don't know what happened to it, and can't couldn't get it uploaded so it's forever i know we've alluded to it a couple times this week it's our forever forever our lost episode literally never had that happen before over a hundred podcasts i've done and uh never had that happen so we'll talk a little bit about what we learned during that game and uh a completely overmatched opponent don't get me wrong but uh we're definitely going to hit on that a little bit and that'll help lead us into our big 10 acc challenge game tonight against the number three terps um, but one of the things I wanted to talk about, and, um, you know, just a couple guys on the defensive side of the ball. Yes, of course, I'm going to kick off with some football, no pun intended. Uh, talk uh, just a few guys that have just really surprised me this year. Um, one of those guys being somebody I had high hopes for, and another guy that I really questioned if his position would just be a rotating door um, as the season went along, because honestly, I didn't have a crazy amount of faith in this guy. Um, so I'm going to start with the guy I did have a lot of faith in, and that's, uh, as I call him on this show, JOK, uh, Jeremiah Owusu koromoa uh, coming out of the Rover position, won that position in the spring against Paul Mawala and really just, just turned into a really nice player this year. You know, this guy third on the team in tackles, um, uh, you know, second on the team with tackles for loss. I mean, this guy really came out and showed his athleticism. And that's one of the biggest reasons that I really enjoyed this guy this year. Um, you know, talking about a guy who just really, you know, Khalid Kareem led the team in tackles for loss. Ten. Great. You kind of expected that. But, you know, JOK comes in. He was a, you know, a late commit, decommitted from Virginia, only a three-star guy. Uh, you know, a lot of, not crazy amount of high hopes uh, for this guy as far as just being a baller. 
But I really think this guy has a lot of potential. And the way he played on defense down the stretch and the athletic flashes that I feel like he's shown, uh, bookended his season with nine tackles in his first game, nine in his last game. He had eight against Georgia. Um, just that kind of speed and athleticism is, I think, exactly what this team needs. Um, kind of look into his backstory. He's kind of got a cool backstory from Hampton, Virginia. Played uh, you know youth football, played basketball. He kind of played a little bit of everything. Uh, story from the Indy Star talked about how he was you know being the uh, Wildcat as quarter Wildcat quarterback, and you know just some just showing off his athleticism all the way around. And and you know you getting those basketball players to play football. I mean, even I've always you go back and listen to any of our other shows that we've not locked on. We've talked about like, you know, basketball can really contribute to your athleticism. I mean, you know, baseball, it's kind of a game, uh, posing as a sport, if you will. Um, it's like the ultimate game. Uh, you don't have to be obviously super athletic. Uh, there's a lot of sports out there like that where you can kind of even football to a certain extent. I mean, look at some of the linemen They nowadays in 2019. Yes, they're way more athletic than what they used to be. But, uh, you know, that doesn't mean they can, like, catch a ball, per se. But a guy like JOK, you put him in basketball, and you let him develop those skills in the offseason. And I've always said there is no replacement for competition. You can lift all the weights you want, do all the sprints you want to, but there's no replacement for being in the moment and, you know, really showing what you can do in the moment when the pressure's on and building that camaraderie with teammates. And you can just tell that somebody like Owusu uh, Koromoa is just one of those guys who really, you know, likes team sports and, and can really contribute and could play really anything with his, the amount of athleticism that he has. He's a really impressive guy, you know, and I just really look forward to seeing exactly what he can bring to the program as the seasons go on. I mean, two and a half sacks this year, again, just flying around the ball, flying around the ball is so important in college football and, you know, showing that sideline to sideline speed and being, you know, being a guy out there that can, you know, lead the charge on defense. And again, I've talked about this in the past as well Is you know, he kind of reminds me of a more athletic Tavon Coney. You know, Tavon was a really good player, but sometimes his, uh, he seemed a little tight in the hips. It's like almost like he, he was a little slower in coverage. And I really think if, if JOK can really piece together, you know, it, all the tools and all the athleticism that he has, I think he can be like a really, really special player. I mean, I, I truly look forward to how he develops in the offseason and just what he's going to bring um, in 2020, I think can be really amazing. If, if, he, if he sees his potential, I mean, he can lead this defense to where it needs to be. Now, the other guy on defense I kind of wanted to gush about a little bit and talk about, um, and, you know, we'll do this a couple times, you know, as uh, as we prepare for the bowl game without a game each week to break down and kind of look back on, and that's none other than Drew White. I had little to, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, I had little to no faith in Drew White. I actually thought his position was just going to be one of those ones that was going to be cycled through until we found an answer. And then by the end of the year, we were looking to, to who's the next recruit going to fill the spot? Who's the next guy coming in? And, you know, Drew White's just going to be a placeholder. And, uh, you know, maybe Bo Bauer gets in there and, you know, kind of steals some time from him. And uh, Jack Lamb maybe cycles in despite the injury. And we just, we're just a revolving door at the spot. Um, Drew White led the team in tackles this year. Eight tackles for loss, two sacks. Uh, showed he could play in space. Um, sometimes tackling was a little concern uh, for him, in my opinion. 
But a, another guy who really, if he can take the next step, again, this is going to be all about development. These guys can't perform at an elite level if they're if this is it. If this is their ceiling, we're kind of in trouble. But what gives me hope is the fact that, I mean, look what these guys have done right now in their first true season of actually real playing time and uh, really playing through a season together. And that's the thing, you know, they're, they're part of this linebacking core. I didn't pick a lineman and a safety. I, these are two linebackers I'm kind of gushing over today. And what they have done in their first real season of getting real game action as being the guy. Pressure's on, you go out there, you're the starter, you're leading this team. And, you know, you're going out there and you, you're you the guy. All the pressure's on you. You miss the tackle. It's all going to be on you. You know, you're the backer that needs to be filling the hole. I mean, Drew White had a really good first season at the helm at that linebacker spot. Now, in my opinion, I think he's just a little undersized. Uh, I'd like to see a little more athleticism from him, uh, something that hopefully can come. Uh, but Drew White really, you know, truly impressed me this year. Uh, had 11 tackles against Michigan, had 10 against Navy. You know, he played really well against Navy. Uh, a lot of people were comparing his uh, potential performance to what Greer Martini could do because he had a nice game against Navy in 2018 as well, uh, which really, man, you hope that you find that guy who can help you shut down that triple option. Um, that's, that's a good problem, or a good thing to have, is uh, to just not have that problem to deal with. To be like, okay, whew, take a deep breath. While this guy's in school here, uh, I know when Navy rolls around, things are going to be okay. Um, so I really look forward to Drew White, and again, Jay, okay, I, I look forward to seeing what their development is, and you know, hopefully this staff can really push them to the next level because, again, I had no faith in a guy like Drew White. I didn't. So I apologize to you, Drew. Uh, but, again, um, you're not there yet. So let's see what you can develop into because I'm excited to watch you play um, and see where you take this thing into next season. So real quick, we're right up against a break here. Let's give a shout-out to our friends today over at Audible. Audible has the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment. Start listening with a 30-day Audible trial. Choose one audiobook and two audio originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash LockedOnNBA. Listening on the go? If you can't visit Audible right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. Yes, that is also on uh, one of the live reads for NBA, so that is correct. Visit audible.com slash locked on NBA for that particular offer. So with that said, let's take a break and talk some hoops. All right, we are back. Locked on Irish podcast, Wednesday edition. Stoked to be with you guys. Really pumped to start getting into some of this hoops talk. As you guys know, if you've listened to the show before, I, I love, love Irish basketball. I love college basketball. My two loves in sports, number one, college football, number two, college basketball. And uh, I, I can't wait to, I just don't feel like there's a great, I'm putting a lot of pressure on myself because I don't know that there's a great Irish basketball podcast out there. There's a ton of Irish sports, a ton of Irish um, uh, football podcasts, uh, sports overall. Um, but man, I don't know if there's one specific to basketball. And I'm really hoping that I, I can do this basketball team justice. Um so uh, with that said, let's take a look back. Fairly Dickinson was our last game. Never did get a touch on it, as I said, the lost episode. You can help us find it, and you can have it. I'm not paying you, but you can have it. 
Um, Fairleigh Dickinson was a one and five, one and four team came in kind of what I expected. Um, not a good basketball team. We beat him 91 to 66. Um, it's tough. Uh, me and Mark talked about are these get right games. Um, but on the flip side of that, you know, you've not had much in between. I'd say Toledo's the only in between that you've had as far as a team that's just, you know, terrible or not terrible, but just not very good. And then, you know, you have Toledo, but then you have North Carolina and Maryland. I mean, Maryland's number three in the country right now, and they're, they're going to be bringing a lot to the table tonight. Um, you know, we, we have to play, we might have to play better than we did against North Carolina to stay in it. Or as they say, it's getting late early. Um, this could be a blowout. Um, I'm, I'm really concerned about our athleticism. I'm concerned about how we shoot to three. Not real impressed by that. But uh, let's go back to Fairleigh Dickinson game. Um, a few things in this game. We never trailed, so I really liked that. Uh, but you can't depend on a team to miss their first 18 shots, ever. I don't care who you're playing. That's never in the game plan. You'd love it. That's like one of those fantasy things when a coach says at the end of the game, well, we'd love to win every game by 100. Yeah, and then you win them by 100. But that, that doesn't happen. Like, you just... We got out to a 13 nothing lead, and they were 0 for 18. We were up 21 to 2 at one point in this game. They didn't get their first shot till 10:03 left in the half. You finished thir- uh, 22, 24 of 64. You, you can't depend on that. It's just it's not normal. <laughs> I, I, that's the best way I can describe it. It's bad. That that's a bad basketball team. They got beat by Army. We talked about it last week, but when we did the preview of this team, they're, they're not good. Um, you know, we had a decent day shooting from three. Um, Lashevsky led the way um, with 16 points. Six players were in double figures, which is great. We were 12 of 25 uh, from behind three. So, you know, you kind of take that all day long. Um, you don't necessarily, you know, it's almost 50%. So, hey, you know, if I'm flipping a coin and each time I flip it, I'm hitting a three. I feel pretty good about that. You know, we didn't necessarily let anybody for them go off on us. Um, obviously, they're, they're, uh, they had three guys make four shots, or four guys make four shots. So you kind of live with that. Um, their best player went four, or best player on the floor that night went four of 18. Um, so, you know, decent defense, but was it? Um, we're talking about, again, one of five team who also lost to Army. Ugh. Um, it's tough, tough to gauge what we saw that night. I mean, despite being up, you know, like I said, what twenty-one-two or whatever it was, um, and them missing their first eighteen shots. It's a twelve-point game at halftime. That is that's concerning to me. I'm sorry, it it is. If if you have a if Duke has a twenty-one-to-two lead, and the team they're playing misses freaking twenty shots, that's an issue. That that I mean that's an issue for the other team. That game is going to be forty to nothing, or you know it's going to get out of hand quick and never get back in hand. It's not going to happen. Twenty one to two, you know, it, it's not. It, it'll never be back in that team's favor. Well, at halftime, we're sitting here against a bad team at forty two to thirty. Uh, that is just. I don't know what to say about that. I mean, I'm like I said, I'm excited that we hit well better from three. 
uh, better than the season average. I'm, I'm really excited about that. I like what Leshevsky's doing. Hit the big shot against Toledo. Is that the thing that gets him going? I, I hope so. Um, Gibbs played okay, uh, 11 points. Fluger, fine, 10 points. You know, that's about as much as you expect from Fluger. Um, you know, he had two two steals. That's what you really want to see from him is him being scrappy. That's kind of his M.O. Um, now, Dane Goodwin, he went three for three back there from three-point land. He had 15 points. You know, hopefully we can start to really build on that. Um, but again, tonight is going to be a different animal. It is, this is, this team is really, really good. Um, you know, Maryland just got done blowing out Marquette. Uh, Marquette has Marcus Howard. Uh, I don't want to get too much into, into them right now. Cause on third segment, I'm going to preview, uh, preview Maryland. But, uh, I mean, yeah, this is a really good team and it's going to be a heck of a barometer to show, okay, did, were these games that we played get right games and let's figure things out or are they going to hurt us? That's my concern. Like me and Mark talked about the other day is like, okay, that's that's great. You, they're your get right games and you, you get things really efficient and really hammered out as far as from an offensive perspective, from a defensive perspective. You figure out your rotations. You figure out how guys fit in certain places. Um, but then on the flip side, you know, when you come out and you just get completely punched in the mouth and you're down by 15 points out of nowhere against a really athletic team and you're not shooting well, that's a problem because now you've not learned to dig deep. Um, you know, we played nice against North Carolina, but it was the first game. And I'm going to be honest with you, I unless we show something else than what we've shown so far, which is a miracle to beat Toledo at home, I don't like the – I'm going to hate the outcome of the rematch with North Carolina later uh, or in early um, 2020 because they're, not, they're just going to get better. Cole Anthony is a baller. And uh, that's the worst Cole Anthony. That's the worst North Carolina team you'll see this year was opening night at their place. And we, that was still a 11-point uh, loss for us. Um, you know, where I'm, where I'm sitting right now, I think an 11-point loss, I'd almost take it against uh, against Maryland tonight. So let's go ahead and do that. Let's take a quick break, send it out to our sponsors. We'll bring it back, and we'll, we will preview Maryland, talk about this ACC Big Ten Challenge right after this. All right, guys, here we go. Last segment, Locked On Irish Podcast coming at you right now. Let's talk Terps. Let's talk ACC Big Ten Challenge. So ACC Big Ten Challenge, we are 4-2. We've played pretty well. Uh, we've only ever played, I think we've only ever played Illinois, Iowa, and Michigan State. We've split our games with Iowa and Michigan State. We've won both against Illinois. So we've done. we've been pretty successful. Uh, we had a nice win against Michigan State there a few years back. Um, that game was at home uh, two years ago, lost to Michigan State um, in a tough injury-plagued year. Uh, we've held close with them, but that, that team was on a different level that year. Uh, they had a really nice season. So we've performed pretty well, and you know it is a slight advantage you know, when you get to play these at home, but unfortunately this one's on the road. And Maryland's just on a tear right now, guys. I mean, they're ranked number three in the country for a reason. Um, holding wins over Holy Cross. I'll list them all off to you um, just because we haven't played that many. I mean, if we were at game 20, I wouldn't do it. But Holy Cross, Rhode Island, Oakland, Fairfield, George Mason, Temple, Harvard, and in their biggest win uh, to date was against Marquette on uh, Sunday, 84-63. Uh, to 63. 
Um, you know, Marcus Howard, he's a really nice player, Big East player of the year last year. Um, but that's a different team, in my opinion, without the Hauser brothers. After they those guys decided to transfer for whatever reason, and me and a couple buddies, we've talked before about how, like, you know, the way that team was ran, the way that um, the team is allowed to run with um, with Howard just taking over and pretty much just playing iso ball, was that a reason that the Hauser brothers transferred? One went to Michigan State, the other one went to Virginia. Um, I don't know. Uh, because he's kind of allowed to run wild, is that the reason that he, they transferred? I don't know. Uh, I still think it's a pretty solid team. Um, I think that is the best win that they've had. Um, they held Marcus Howard for one of 12 in that game. I mean, is that good? No, that's the opposite. That's bad. Um, now, they did let Bailey go off for uh, for Marquette. He had a nice game uh, with 27 points. You know, was that a product of, you know, they're not going to let Marcus Howard beat him? I don't know. Um, but... Marcus Howard probably had one of the worst games of his career. Six points, one of 12 from the field. He was 0 of 6 from three-point land. Um, just a really bad day for him. Um, but, again, it kind of let Brendan Bailey go off a little bit. Again, he had 27 points. This is a guy that averages 7.4. Is, is it one of those deals where you're not going to let Howard beat you if somebody else does? Then, okay, fine. But uh, that game was out of hand pretty quick. They doubled him up at halftime. It's 42 to 21. Um, you know, Maryland just seems to be getting stronger at this point. Um, that's the best way I can describe what I seen on Sunday. I tried to watch the, as much of the game as I could. They're led by uh, Daryl uh, Morcel. Nine points a game is what he's averaging this year. Uh, but this guy's a really good player. Um, or not Daryl Morcel. I apologize for that one right there. Um, I don't know how I messed that one up. Let me click back here. I had Daryl Mazel right up on my screen. Uh, Anthony Cowan, I'm sorry. I was like, nine points a game? I I know that's not right. Yeah, Anthony Cowan, 17.1 uh, points per game. Yeah, because I had in my show notes. I was like, this guy averages double digits for his entire career. So, uh, yeah. Anyhow, yeah, now that I screwed that up, you're like, yeah, way to go on uh, touting yourself as a big basketball fan. I'm like, that's why what you get for having so many notes on the screen. There's something to be said for pen and paper sometimes. But uh, Anthony Cowan, 17.1 points per game, shoots about 46% from the field. Uh, you know, he had 22 points the other night. He had 20 against uh, Harvard, 30 against Temple. Um, this guy, he he's going to be tough to stop. He's going to be really, really tough to stop. This season, he's shooting uh, 42, or, uh, 42% from behind the line. Now, I did find it interesting that um, both teams, three-point percentage-wise, are 60 of 190 from behind the line, 31.6% from behind the line. So, you know, this team is going to be more athletic than us. Um, so do we play some zone and just try to, you know, force the three ball? And if they can beat us with the three ball, then great. Uh, I think that it might be the route to go. I'll be honest with you. Uh, they're going to be way more athletic. I like Cowan a lot uh, from what I've seen on Sunday. Um, and and I, I really do think that that might be the route to go because neither team shoots the three ball very well. I think that's uh, 236th in the country. That's, again, the opposite of good, bad. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what they can come up with. But I really do think that that, that probably needs to be the game plan for Bray. Um, if he wants to hold this thing close, you know, we need to shoot well, bottom line, we have got to shoot well. Um, and 
really the one of the guys I'm concerned about on this team. Might be a familiar name, but it's not the same guy. Obviously, Jalen Smith. Ironically enough, uh, six foot ten. He'll probably be going against Juwan Durham. Guy averages almost a double double a game. Six ten, two twenty five. Um, he's a sophomore. Thirteen point four points per game. Nine rebounds. I mean, he just eats up the boards down there. Um, weirdly enough, we are actually a uh, better rebounding team. We uh, just slightly. We get about forty two rebounds a game. They get forty one point nine. Uh, we rebound actually pretty well when you rank nationally. We're 19th in the country. Um, but the problem is, is our level of competition. I mean, I would venture to say outside of, you know, North Carolina, Temple might be better than anything we've played so far. Um, so we'll see. Like I said, this, he's, this guy's going to be going against Durham and you know, this is going to be a true test for Durham. We got to see what Durham's got underneath. I mean, that is our big guy. That's who... You know, we're, we're going to shove down there at the five and try to stop the other team's five because this Durham's the best guy we have with any kind of size down there who can play that position. You know, he comes in from UConn. Um, he hasn't had a huge impact so far. Last week he was three of seven. Uh, a lot of his points, he had 12 points, but uh, half of those came from the line. But that's what we want, you know. If we can get into, if we can stick around in this game, and we get this Jalen Smith. We can get him in some foul trouble. You got to hit your foul shots. Maybe we can get him into foul trouble. Just take it to him with Durham, and see what happens. Maybe cause some fouls. Durham starts hitting from the line. Um, but you know, keep Lashevsky moving in the right direction. I mean, Lashevsky's playing good basketball right now. Good basketball again, albeit not so great competition, but he's still playing good basketball. Led the team last week in points. We need to get good three-point shooting from Goodwin. Good shooting in general from Goodwin. Dane Goodwin is supposed to be a, a you know an efficient shooter. Um, we need to see a good mid mid-range game from him, uh, and we have to be able to out-strategize this team, and, and we have to defend well. We've got to defend well, otherwise this is going to get out of hand. Again, they are way more athletic than we are. Um, if we do not contain their athletes, we have to make them shoot from the outside. Again, not a very good th- uh, three-point shooting team. Now, this team does like to distribute the ball. They have good ball movement, uh, which really also uh, attributes to more uh, more of their success. We w- combine that with their athleticism. Um, their starters, four of their five starters, average in double figures. Uh, with their only their fifth starter, uh, Daryl Morsell, he uh, averages nine points per game, but he also contributes with 6.1 rebounds per game. Gets about a half a block per game. Uh, shoots nearly 50% from the field. Uh, 36.4% three-point shooter. Um, you know, you know, this is a good team. This is one of the best teams we're going to see all season. If what they've done so far is any indication of what they can do, um, you know, they're not extremely tall. Jalen Smith, he's the tallest guy in their starting lineup at 6'10". Um, but we have got to get out. And what I'd like to see is I'd like to see the team get out quick. Get out quick and d- develop some sort of lead to sit on a little bit. Get a little confidence because we're going to be going on the road. Um, not a not a crazy uh, hostile environment down there in Maryland. So it, it's nothing that these guys haven't seen before. This isn't uh, Cameron Indoor. This isn't the Dean Dome. You know they've already been to the Dean Dome. Um, I think it, I don't think it's anything these guys are going to get too overwhelmed by. Um, but again, I think the biggest thing is we just got to be able to hit some shots. Come up with some timely rebounds. Uh, I mean, it goes without saying Mooney leads this team. 
Mooney has to play better. I mean, he went 5 of 11 against um, Fairleigh Dickinson. When he gets to the line, he's got to be better. It's got to be better than it was against Toledo. He was 2 of 4 last week against Dickinson. Uh, you got you need the production out of the guys that you expect to produce. You cannot go into this game and have some bench players step up and then your all-star, your best player, doesn't step up. It, it, you won't win that way. We don't have that athleticism. We don't have that kind of talent this season. Uh, I'd like to see Prentice Hub step up. Um, I gotta believe um, that Hub's going to be matched up against Cowan and during the evening at some point. Uh, I'm sure Gibbs will be matched up against him as well. Uh, these guys, you know, they like to bring, you know, they like to bring guards to the house. They don't really, they don't really play too much ISO ball as far as you know, dumping it into the post and letting uh, Jalen Smith go one on one. They like to distribute. They pass the ball around well. I mean, that's why four of their five starters average in double figures, and their fifth starter is you know just right there with nine points. So we need to, you know, this is a perfect game for a guy like Fluger. Um, I'll kind of close out with this because it, it is it, it to make this game scrappy. This is his kind of game is to get in these guys faces, the more athletic guys and, and kind of make it a little ugly, make it a little ugly. You know, Gibbs has good athleticism. Hub has good athleticism to stick in these guys hip pocket and make this thing ugly. Keep this thing, uh, you know, a little bit low scoring. I'd like to see this game be, you know, in the sixties. And I think we have a chance. Because right now, Maryland's averaging 81 points per game. That's good enough for 41st in the country. If they score 71, not 81, I think we get beat. We have got to keep... That's my final key to victory for this game. Keep them under 70 points. And that just hit me on the fly. You You could probably tell, too. It shocked me. It just hit me. I'm like, you know what? That's what we need to do. 69 points, I think we can win. I think we can win 70 to 69. If they score over 70, this game's over. Um, They're too athletic. Um, That means that this game kind of turned into a little bit of a shootout, and we just do not have the horses right now. We just don't. That's not our game. We can't do it. We're almost like a a run-based offense in football. You know, we can't get down by too much. We're just not built to come back. So uh, that's the show today, guys. I hope that was a good enough uh, preview of Maryland. I promise I'll I'll sharpen my skills as I move on. I'll have my notes a little more organized and not embarrass the life out of myself here. Um, I. I can't believe that happened. I looked right up, seen the name, and it just, it was on the tip of my tongue. I knew it was wrong. I wanted to grab it and bring it back. So, uh, again, tonight, Irish tip-off, 7.30, second biggest game of the season against those Terps. I'm excited for this one, man. You know, again, I love college football. It's the best thing. I, I, I just, I don't know how people don't love college football, but my second love, as I said, I mean, I was a little depressed. I was leaving the place we watch games on uh, Saturday. I mean, I was sitting at a stoplight and, and maybe a little more emotional because I had a, a pop or two. But, uh, man, I, I just really felt, ah, uh, that, you know, college football's over. But then I started thinking about it as, as I went to bed that night, woke up the next morning, and I was like, it's basketball season, baby. Let's do this thing. You know, we'll get into. January and February and really see this thing develop and the, the conference and ACC basketball. I mean, I know people are hung up on Notre Dame being independent in football, and we can have a discussion about that in the offseason because we could make a whole show about that. But, man, being a part of the ACC in basketball is awesome, the opponents that we get to see. So let's enjoy this thing, man. It's going to be a great ride. The team's 6-1 and one right now with a tremendous opportunity in front of us. The number three team in the country is going to be playing. We're going to be playing them tomorrow or tonight 
7.30, ESPN. Do not miss it. Tomorrow, we'll get to those uh, playoff rankings, uh, talk about this championship weekend, and let's see. We'll get into some other uh, some other football talk. Maybe we'll talk about the offensive side of the ball, some guys that have surprised me this year, and uh, all leading into Friday where I'm actually going to pick a uh, MVP from this year, who I think the best player on the football team was this season. So with that being said, follow us, Lockdown Irish, at Lockdown Irish on Twitter, iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, uh, podcast apps that I've never heard of. Check those out. Uh, we're everywhere. Uh, remember, your team, every day, Lockdown Irish podcast, official Notre Dame podcast of the Lockdown Podcast Network. So till tomorrow, go Irish.